not just ask for the sale because these people are invested week after week after week in hours of your content for the express purpose of the thing that your product or service does. And I think if more podcasters asked for the sale directly from their show, they would see better results from the podcast they're producing. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm joined by Tara McMullen, who is the founder and host of What Works and the What Works Network, which is a platform for connecting small business owners so that they can talk about what's really working in their businesses. She's also the co-founder of yellowhouse.media, which is the company that produces this podcast. So, I mean, I don't mean this the wrong way, but she kind of had it in. You know, she was going to get on the show at one point or other. No, actually, I asked Tara and I was really honored to have her say yes and to come on the show today to talk to you about creating a podcast with impact. There's a lot of resources out there on the internet about how to start a podcast, both the tech side of it and also maybe how to plan a podcast that will be popular. But we want to take a different perspective today. And I'm going to ask Tara about how we can really plan a podcast that will not only be successful in terms of numbers, in terms of listeners and that sort of thing, but also in terms of the actual impact that it has on your business and on your revenue. So hey there, Tara, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Gillian. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about podcasting because, as you know, this is something that's still pretty new to me, and I've still got questions about how to really build a podcast and how to have it impact my business as well. So I've got all sorts of personal questions that I want to ask you. But I wanted to actually start out by asking you about something that you wrote on my intake form when we were planning out this episode. You said that if you only had 20 hours per week to work, you would focus on, quote, creating exceptional podcast content and being present and engaged with your online community. And I thought that that was a really strong statement um, about because I don't think that those are things that most people would focus on if they only focused on a few things in their business. So could you tell me, could you just start out by telling me why you would focus on podcast content and engaging with your online community? Yeah, absolutely. So those two things are really the core activities of our business. So the core drivers of the what works business. And I should um, clarify that I'm speaking specifically about what works, which is the business that I've been running for over a decade. Now, um, I'd probably choose different things if I were talking about Yellow House Media. Um, and maybe we can talk about that another time. Um, but for what works and, and really thinking through how my podcast drives our business, um, those are the things that I do actually spend a huge chunk of my time on. should probably also clarify that I have teams for both of the companies that I run. So I work 
with a lot of other people. Well, a lot is relative, um, but I work with people who can take on, you know, a lot of the admin uh, work, a lot of the customer service work, a lot of the technical work. And so my job really is creating exceptional content. Mostly that happens in the form of our podcast. Um, that content drives the relationship that people have with me. They uh, It drives how they find out about our show, about our product. Um, it drives uh, just sort of the positioning of our whole business. Uh, so that's a very, very big and important piece of what I invest my time in. And then in, on, in terms of the community piece, we have a community-based business model. Everything about uh, the What Works business model is oriented around bringing people together, around creating a space for them to gather in, around uh, facilitating and leading conversations. And so the more engaged I am there, the more present I am there in actually making those conversations happen and actually connecting person to person to person, uh, the more valuable that product is. Um, and so the more we make it valuable, the more people want in on it, the more people stay engaged and the less likely they are to leave, leave uh, the, the, the community. So those two activities really do drive how our business develops and how it grows. So you've chosen these two things because podcasting is really what is giving you that visibility and driving new people to sign up for your program. And then the second thing, the community, engaging with your online community, that's where you're really delivering the product to your customers. So you've got the marketing and the delivery covered by those two things. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's marketing and product delivery, which I think when you say it like that, then it's like, oh, yeah, of course, those are the two things that you're going to spend exactly. your time on. <laughs> uh, but when I say, oh, it's exceptional podcast content and engaging with our community, it sounds uh, fancier or maybe like more luxurious than <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. But marketing and product delivery is is what it comes down to. Exactly. It also sounded a little bit to me like, how is that the things that are driving? How are those mm -hmm. the things that are driving? your business, you know, it sounded a little bit more vague almost. But once we look at it in terms of this is marketing and product delivery, then it seems really straightforward and obvious. So uh, so let's see, where do we want to go with this? One thing I wanted to touch on was the fact that you do run two different businesses. So how much time do you actually spend on each of those businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I work about 40 hours a week. Um, so in, in many ways, it's very much in line with the idea of a 20 hour <laughs> a mm -hmm. week business, um, except that I don't spend 20 hours a week on both businesses. It's more, it's probably closer to about 30 hours a week on what works um, and about 10 hours a week on Yellow House Media. Uh, my husband and business partner is the one who works full time on Yellow House. And then I consult on strategy. I do business development for Yellow House. Um, and I also do a lot of product development for Yellow House as well. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about that uh, later on as well. But um, that's that's where my activities uh, are kind of centered on that side of things. And then on what works, it's a lot more management. It's a lot more the marketing and product delivery. Um, it is product development as well and, and other forms of marketing too. Um, but that does take up the majority of my working time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at what works, those two core activities the podcast and the community, your marketing and your product delivery. Those are really the things that are making your business money because you need to have new customers coming in and then you need to retain your customers. So you're using your podcast to drive those new registrations in your program. Talk to me about how your podcast does that. 
Yeah. So um, not only does the podcast drive new signups, the podcast actually provides the content backbone for our community as well. Uh, so one thing that makes our community different than a lot of membership sites that are out there is that our our community is not actually content based. We make all of our content free. Um, so the the podcast is free. Articles that I write are free. Resources that I create are free and, and available. Um, the the value proposition of the community is really around bringing people together, curating conversations, creating connections, creating space for people to gather in to have really productive conversations. Um, and so the the podcast essentially becomes a. Um, it sort of becomes the inspiration for those conversations. So we have these public conversations where I bring someone onto the show and we talk about a particular aspect of their business and what's working for them. And then we take that conversation and we bring it back into the network and we say, all right, what does this look like in your business? How are you doing this? How are you doing this the same way? How are you doing it differently? What are their questions do you have about this? Um, and we use that to flesh out uh, the conversations that are just kind of naturally occurring there. So there really is kind of a symbiosis between the podcast and the community itself, which um, makes it easier for us to manage the whole thing. It makes it more efficient, but it also provides a really close tie between the call to action in any given podcast episode where we say, hey, if you're enjoying this, join the community. Um, mm. And that means that then essentially the way we think about it is that the podcast is sort of the free level of the community, which is paid. Um, and they essentially have the same value proposition, access to candid conversations about what's really working in a small business. But on the podcast side, I get to decide <laughs> what those conversations are. And in the community, while we're there, as I said, guiding conversations and, and facilitating conversations, um, our members are also creating and guiding and facilitating conversations as well. And so they have a lot more say in what gets talked about there. And they uh, it's a lot more uh, self-driven by our members or member-driven, I guess I should say. Um, so that on, on kind of the strategic level is how the podcast drives enrollment in the community. Um, but on a uh, just sort of on a more tactical level, we run ads in our own show, like many people do, like you do, um, to tell people what we have going on. And we tie those ads to the content uh, in the podcast and therefore the, the content that's happening or the conversations that are happening in the community as well. So on a on a strategic level, it, it's very tied together. But on a tactical level, it just flows really seamlessly so that when we are open for enrollment and we're bringing new people on, we're essentially saying to them, let's keep this conversation going. You're already engaged. You're already loving this. You already know that these are the conversations that you want to have. If you'd like over here, you can have those same conversations, but actually participate in them. And so it becomes a really clear call to action. It becomes a really clear and logical next step for people to take who are engaged with the podcast, love the podcast, and really want to know what more they can engage with. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I can really see how your podcast and your community are so closely connected that the first question that comes to my mind is what came first? I'm, I'm kind of thinking you probably started them at a similar or the same time, but what came first conceptually? 
Yeah. So this kind of gets into the long and winding road <laughs> of my business. Um, like I said, I've been I've been working for myself for over a decade now. And so it's gone through a lot of different iterations. Um, what has actually happened over the last few years is that the podcast and how we offer and what we offer has become more and more closely aligned. So I wish I could say, yes, I had this flash of brilliance where we started the podcast and we started this product and it was you know, strategically tied from the get-go and I had this content strategy all figured out, but I did not. <laughs> in, in the beginning, it was a real mess. And like many people, I started a podcast because I thought podcasting seemed cool and I had always thought that being on public radio would be like really cool. And so I just wanted to have a podcast. Um, and I knew I could grow an audience that way. Or I know people would want to engage with with me in that way. But I didn't have an idea beyond audience growth um, or audience engagement, how that would actually serve my business. Um, and at the time that I started the podcast, our business was doing something um, similar, but in a different kind of model. We were offering coaching and training products the way uh, lots and lots of businesses do. Mm -hmm. um, but a few years ago, we pivoted into this community-based model uh, because it's something I'm super passionate about. And over time, it became clear and clearer that the podcast was actually the perfect vehicle for explaining what we do and how we do it differently. Um, which is not to say that I think you have to have a community to make podcasting make sense, although I think those are, that's a great combination. Um, but the, the strategy of how those things came together really took a lot of time. And it really took me asking, um, you know, what, what purpose does this podcast serve? How are people engaging with it? How can I use that natural form of engagement to get people interested in what we're offering at any given time? And then also really paying attention in our community and saying, all right, what are the things, how are, what are the things people are talking about? How are they talking about them? And how can I bring that into the podcast to make those two things fit better and better? Um, so really the podcast came first, uh, the community came second, uh, but even for a number of years, they were still pretty disconnected. And it's only been in the last couple of years where we've had this very tight aligned strategy. Um, and that's really, when everything sort of started to change and get a lot easier and feel a lot more um, comfortable and and just very easeful. Uh, so that's that's sort of how it evolved, but it was very much an evolutionary process. You know, I actually think that it's really inspiring that you didn't just have this this flash <laughs> of brilliance, right? And have this business model just, you know, become enlightened to this business model and then execute it. But instead that it was this more evolutionary process where you slowly developed it over time and you figured out uh, how to pivot each aspect of it, you pivot the podcast, pivot the program until they finally really synced up so, so well. Um, because I think that a lot of the time we all like wait for that flash of brilliance. We wait for that big idea that's going to, you know, it's going to make it for us somehow. Um, and so we can spend a lot of time waiting or procrastinating because of that. Um, but I just think it's inspiring that you just got started and you started a program and, you know, initially you didn't even start the program you have today, but you started just offering some sort of 
something that was valuable to someone, right? And then yep. you started talking on a podcast and over time those things aligned. Yeah. And one of the one of the really interesting things that I learned in that process too was how to market um my business from without being in the teacher seat. Um, now, I I love teaching. I love training. Um, and I love marketing that way. Uh, but when we moved the business into a community-based model, I was suddenly no longer the teacher. I was the facilitator. I was there to um, create conversation and connection. And my role really changed a lot. Uh, but I tried to continue marketing that product from the teacher seat uh, and in a kind of teacher-student uh, relationship. And it did not work. It was so frustrating. And it took me a long time to figure out you know, okay, people love when I do this, and they love this product, but they're not making this connection between these two things. Why is this not happening? And it was really hurting our sales. And it took me a while to realize that I also needed to be in the facilitator seat, uh, have that facilitator relationship when it came to my marketing as well. And that's really when the light bulb went off around okay, I've been doing this on the podcast for years. Like the podcast is me being a facilitator. Um, and it's not like that in every show. And, and again, it doesn't have to be that way on your podcast for it to work. But for me, it was a really natural way to make the connection between what we were putting out for free, how I was building an audience and, and furthering the relationship with the people who were paying attention to how we were creating value for them uh, in the community as well. So remind me, you said which one came first? The podcast. In its, in its current came. iteration? Yes, exactly. Okay, so you were acting as a facilitator on the podcast and you realized you needed to do to step more into that role in your program as well. Yeah, I... It was the role that I was occupying in the the community, but it was not the role that I was marketing from or trying to sell from. You know, I would go on and I would teach a webinar um, and it would be great and people would love it. And then I would I would try and sell our community where I am not teaching anything. I <laughs> right? Okay. And and they would be like, oh, that sounds great. But like, where can I buy you teaching a course? And I'm like, well, we don't uh -huh. sell that anymore. Um, and so it became that's how it became clear then that what I was doing with the podcast was actually what I needed to be doing with our whole marketing strategy. And the podcast really needed to become our core marketing strategy. I see. So it, it kind of you came to realize that all the pieces were already there and right. you just kind of needed to cut out the things that didn't really fit in your puzzle. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about how someone can maybe maybe more intentionally um, yes. <laughs> figure out this process for themselves. So I'm imagining that people right now are in one of two main situations. Like, you know, if they're listening to this episode right now, which obviously you are listening to this episode right now, probably it's because you are thinking about starting a podcast or you've started a podcast and you're thinking about how to grow it and how to make it be more impactful for your business. Um, but if you are thinking about starting a podcast, you might already have the product or you might not have the product yet. Maybe you're just starting to work on, you're thinking about starting to create content in your business, just like a lot of people will start a blog or start a YouTube channel. They don't have a product yet. Um, or maybe you're running a business right now and you're thinking, thinking to start a podcast to complement it. 
So how about we talk first about if someone already has a product and they're thinking about starting that podcast to complement it and to hopefully market their product, what are some steps that they could go through to ensure that they are coming up with a podcast concept um, and with specific episodes and with a format that are really going to have that impact and to effectively market what they are working to sell? Yeah. So uh, first, I'll say that the reason we wanted to start Yellow House Media is because I didn't know anyone else who even had an intentional content strategy or intentional strategy around their podcast in terms of marketing. So I think for anyone who's thinking about podcasting, or maybe they've started a podcast already, if you don't have an intentional marketing strategy around it, and you're just making podcast episodes, you are not alone. Um, So you've (laughs) got a business, uh, you've got a product, and you're looking at podcasting as a marketing channel. The very first thing to do is to get really cozy with your product. Um, and really look at the value proposition behind that product. What are you helping people accomplish? What are you helping them achieve? What kind of change are you making for them? Because ideally, your podcast is going to create a complementary change for that. Maybe you set people up to make the change or accomplish the thing uh, that you do with your product. Maybe you do it in a very similar way, like like what we do, where there's a free version of what we give, uh, what the value of what we do is, and then there's a paid version of it. And so that value proposition really is the same. Um, there's all different sorts of ways that you can look at it, but you you need to be very, very clear on the value you're creating, the promise that you're making to people with your product or service first, because that's the genesis of your idea for the show. Um, if you if those things are disconnected, you're going to feel disconnected every time you go to say to somebody or you go to say on your podcast, um, you know, go buy my product, go buy my service. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel weird. And we want those things to be as connected as possible. So if we have clarity about what that promise is, what that outcome that we are, you know, promising or creating with our product is, then should the the promise of the podcast or the outcome that the podcast is helping to create, should it be the same? It can be the same, but it can also be complementary and not quite the same. So where I like to really uh, guide people is thinking about their product as the logical next step from their marketing. Um, And so sometimes, like with my podcast, um, the logical next step is to a higher level of service. It's the same value proposition. It's the same promise, but we provide a higher level of service. And so the logical next step is is just saying, oh, I want more, right? That's mm-hmm. that's it. And that's that's the main difference. For a lot of people, it's more about creating a setup for the, the logical next step. So uh, my friend Claire Pelletro, I think is a really great example of this. Claire has a podcast called uh, Get Paid. Yep, I um, interviewed is, her last week. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and Claire is awesome. And that podcast is awesome. Awesome. Um, And it is not the same as what she does in her business, but it is a Mm -hmm. great driver for her business because Mm -hmm. it creates the setup. So get paid is all about asking people about how they actually get paid and what's actually uh, what actually goes into the, the money that kind of flows through their business. But what she sells is. Facebook ads, um, Facebook mm-hmm. ad training, uh, both for businesses and Facebook ad consulting and, and, and delivery. So 
if you're thinking about getting paid, if you're thinking about making money, if you're thinking about leveling up how your business makes money, Facebook ads is a logical next step for you. So it makes it really easy for her to have this premise of the show that naturally flows into a very specific logical next step, but a logical next step nonetheless. So you can have the same value proposition between your podcast and your product, or it can be complementary. But either way, you want to think through what is the logical next step from someone listening to a podcast episode to someone buying my product or service. And in Claire's case, it's really interesting because her podcast and her product really have different topics, Mm -hmm. but they actually ultimately have the same promise, which is essentially make more money, right? Yes. Exactly. Even though they're two completely different vehicles for accomplishing that or getting that result. So I think that that is a really interesting example to bring up. Could we uh, have a couple more like hypothetical examples? Like what if someone was a health coach and they had like a group health coaching program? So that's their program. They're promising. And I know that this is kind of vague, so you can make it more specific if you want. (laughs) But they're promising to help people become more healthy with their program. They've got this seven-step program. Uh, You do one step each month. And after seven months, you are, you know, the picture of perfect health. And so how could they or what would be some different like podcast concept ideas that they might want to consider to guide people to be interested in that program? Yeah, this is actually a great example because it almost brings in the next step of the the process, which is thinking through what makes your business or your product different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, we talk a lot with our clients about what the premise of the show is going to be. And really, the premise is a positioning statement for the podcast. Yeah, there we talked lot- a lot about that when we were starting this show. Um, I know that initially what drew me to you and made me want you to produce my show was just like, oh, wow, Tara McMullen can produce my podcast. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Um So I was really drawn in by your personal brand and by my interest just in working with you. But then what really closed the sale and made me say, yes, absolutely sign me up was the fact that I was really interested also in making sure that my show had a unique premise that not only had an impact on my business, but it wasn't just another business podcast Mm -hmm. um, talking about general business ideas, general business strategy. I wanted to make sure that it had a purpose um, and that that purpose really gave just like drove the direction of the content so that I didn't feel aimless with the content and the listeners knew why they should tune in for future episodes. And you gave me some really good advice about how to figure out what that premise is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, exactly. So there's so many business podcasts out there, right? What makes your business podcast different? We know what makes your business podcast different. We've talked about what makes my business podcast different. Um, And both of those things are related to the value propositions behind our business and the positioning behind our respective businesses. So it would be the same thing with a health coaching program. What makes this health coaching program different? Uh, Some health coaching programs are going to focus on weight loss. Others are going to focus on energy levels. Some focus on skin, right? Like you want to have glowing skin so that you can uh, kind of see your health from the inside out, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Some health coaching programs are going to be around decision making or um, routine or mindset or mental wellness. So 
I really like to focus on that. What makes you different? What makes your business different? What makes your product different? And I want to figure out how that difference can inform what we're going to talk about on the show and then how we can use your voice, your relationship to the listener, the format of your show to really highlight that difference. So let's say your health coaching program is really focused on helping people feel more uh, energetic, feel like they have just boundless amounts of energy. That's what I would use to jump off from for uh how I would construct the premise of that show. What are the different aspects, the different angles of energy? Maybe part of it is mindset, part of it is fitness, part of it is nutrition. But every single time I hit one of those topics, I'm hitting that topic in relation to how it helps me feel like I have more energy. So that way, it's not just another interview about nutrition. It's not just another interview about strength training. It's an interview or a podcast episode about having more energy through the vehicle of nutrition or through the vehicle of fitness. Um, and that really can take what is a good show and turn it into a great show. But at the same time, it's also making it so much easier for you to sell your product. Because if you have a podcast all about wellness with it, with the focus on energy, and then you say, well, I have a wellness program that's going to help you up your energy reserves over the next seven months. Boom, done. If I love the podcast, I'm going to want that program. I'm already sold. I'm sold on that idea because I'm sold on the podcast. Um, and that's that's the that's the perfect kind of marketing, right? That's the kind mm -hmm. of marketing where there is no sales process because those people are already sold. They just need to know where to send the money, right? So that's how I would think about that. So the simple general idea of this formula, <laughs> if we could say that, is that first we figure out like what is my program going to help people get? What is that result mm -hmm. it's going to create for them? And specifically, how is that different than maybe other, you know, my competitors and the who are offering similar outcomes. Yep. And so with that difference, then we could then create a podcast that is maybe on that general topic, but every episode is designed to help people get more blank, 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 to help people figure out what works, to help people figure out how to work less and earn more. Um, and so then that kind of gives that consistent driving message through the podcast. So it's not just a podcast on a topic, but it's a podcast with a purpose. Yes, exactly. You you said it perfectly. It's positioning, it's branding, it's your relationship with the listener, and it's all tied up in just having that very strong premise, that very strong purpose behind the show. And it's really what can turn a podcast from something that's nice to listen to or fun to produce into something that really drives results in your business. And so then from there, once your podcast has that consistent driving purpose, then people are tuning in for that purpose because they want that outcome. And so then the sale is really easy because what you're selling then is the complete system, the step-by-step, -step, you know, like you're listening to every episode so that you can learn how to be more energetic. If you want the system that will get you there in a specific amount of time or in a specific way, then you can purchase the program or buy the product. Yeah, exactly. And this is probably a great time to talk about the fact too that, you know, a lot of people think about podcasts as sort of top of sales funnel activities where this is where I'm going to find all of the people and this is where I'm going to build my audience. And that can be true, but it's less true than people would like it 
to be. <laughs> it's actually That's what YouTube is good for. <laughs> right. Exactly. YouTube is great for that. So An email, email marketing list is great for that. There's all sorts of things that you can do to build an audience. Podcasting can fit into that category, but it's actually, I find way further down in the sales funnel. It's way closer to the sale. And this is that reason. And it's why we advise our clients to spend less time promoting their email list or their opt-in freebie, although that works and it's you can do that. But why not just ask for the sale? Because these people are invested week after week after week in hours of your content for the express purpose of the thing that your product or service does. And I think if more podcasters asked for the sale directly from their show, they would see better results from the podcasts they're producing. I remember that when we were talking up, when we were having a strategy call for this podcast and we were deciding at what the promotional strategy for the podcast would be. And I don't mean how we were going to promote the podcast, but what we were going to promote on the podcast and how we would run those promotions um, that you shared with me a couple interesting stories about people who were selling uh, even expensive products or programs on their podcast directly without any more funnel after that. Um, do you remember what some of those examples were? And could you share those with us? Um, yes. Uh, the one example that I am sure that I shared with you that comes to mind immediately uh, is Rachel Cook. Um, Rachel Cook is a business coach um, and has a great podcast, which the exact name of is escaping me because I believe she changed it in the last year. But Rachel Cook is, is the person that you want to look up. Um, Rachel has a mastermind program that she sold almost exclusively through her podcast. Um, and she did it in much the way that we've been doing um, kind of product launch formula launches for years and years and years, video launches, email marketing launches. But she really put the focus on creating that content and, and telling that story on her show instead of in these sort of more velvet rope uh, mm -hmm. kind of um, scenarios. So she did uh, podcast content around the, the, you know, the promise of the mastermind program. Um, mm -hmm. And she did case studies with past masterminders. So talking through their businesses and uh, how the mastermind helped them. Um, and those were the podcast episodes she put out little bit by little bit. And then I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, and I'm pretty sure that I am, um, she actually did a kind of mini episode on actually joining the program. So explaining what the program was about, explaining, um, you know, who should join, what you are going to experience, and then inviting people to it right on the show. So she invited people throughout the episodes that were leading up to that launch. And uh, she invited people uh, in this kind of more, uh, even very more direct way. Um, but that's mm -hmm. one example that comes immediately to mind. But even in my, uh, my own uh, show, We've, you know, on a regular basis, we're selling our community, the What Works Network. But once a year, we also do mastermind enrollments. And those are not cheap programs. Um, and we do sell that directly from the podcast. And I am always so surprised, um, even now, how many people <laughs> uh, reach out after hearing about it on the podcast. And then sometimes they'll say, oh, I didn't even know you sent out emails. I'm like, hello, I'm an 
I'm an online business person who's been doing online business for a real long time. I send out emails that you don't yeah. have to read them, uh, but good to know <laughs> that you came directly from the podcast. So it really does work and you really can sell low ticket, high ticket, middle ticket, everything straight from the show. And I would say that that as a listener of podcasts, that has been my experience as well. When I am listening to a podcast, I really, you know, I develop my perception of the podcast host. And mm -hmm. if I keep listening, it's because I see them as someone who I want to learn from. And so I am quite likely to buy from them if they simply tell me on the show about something that they sell. And it's something that fits with, you know, an outcome I'm looking for. I don't need to get a single email from them. They just need to tell me the URL and I will go and I will buy it. Exactly. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want 10 more emails. No, thank you. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like just, just tell me where to go and buy it, please. Yes. Okay. So, so that kind of gives an example of what someone could do and how someone could decide on their podcast topic if they already have the product. What about that other person who's just thinking about starting a podcast right now? They have the topic. I imagine that really this doesn't need to be that different, but they don't have a product yet. So they're going to pick a podcast topic. They probably already have that in mind. Um, any tips there on how to figure out that specific premise? That is when I think that you need to hold the premise of your show very gently. So I would still come up with a specific angle, a specific promise that you want to fill, uh, a specific way that you want your show to be different than what else is out there. But then once you have it, I would be very gentle with it and kind of assume that it's going to grow and change and evolve over time. And I would do what you are so good at, which is copious amounts of audience research, right? What do you want to learn from me? What do you want to hear about next? What are you tired of hearing about that I could give you a different angle on? Um, what, what do you see missing in the conversation? And you know, really inform the evolution of the premise of the show by that audience research. And all of that audience research is also going to tell you what direction to go in with your business as well. And then this, it's sort of like those two paths would come together where you're going to find an offer that's the logical next step to whatever mm. it is that you're talking about or how you're talking about what you're talking about on the show. Um, and just like my podcast and my kind of overall marketing strategy and product strategy evolved over time, the same thing's going to happen. It might take a little bit longer. It might be a little bit more work up front. But starting with something and starting um, by putting your stake in the ground uh, with something too. We don't want to start general. We don't want to be wishy-washy about our premise. We want to say, all right, this is what my show is about. But mm -hmm. knowing that that can evolve and that as your audience grows and as you talk to them more and more, you're going to find what that premise needs to be more specifically. And that's going to lead you into the next steps in your business mm -hmm. overall as well. So really, you're not saying when you say like, hold your premise gently, you're not saying have it be general, have it be vague, be wishy-washy. You're saying be willing to pivot and adjust from yes. there, especially as you start thinking about what product you're going to sell. Because I feel like people really have to make a decision after they start their podcast, if they are going to come up with that product later on, they either are going to build their podcast up and then decide, okay, the very logical product for me to sell is XYZ, or they're going to say, I have now decided what product I want to sell. Therefore, I need to pivot my podcast slightly to be more strategically aligned with the product I want to sell. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't go general. General is always going to bite you in the butt. <laughs> make it specific, make it clear where you stand and, and what you stand for on behalf of your audience. And that will help you build an audience who then can tell you what steps to take next. Okay, so let's pivot this conversation slightly. We're running out of time here, but there's this thing that I always say, which is nobody can buy your product if they don't know it exists. And that applies to a lot of other things as well, including nobody can listen to your podcast if they don't know it exists. And your podcast can't have any impact on your business unless people are listening to it. So could we spend just a few minutes talking about some of the best strategies for new podcasters to get people to actually listen to their shows and specifically to get the right people to listen to their show? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best ways to find your audience is just grassroots networking and marketing, just sending out emails, talking to people you meet in your neighborhood and letting them know you have a podcast. It doesn't necessarily help you find the exact right audience first, but it'll help you sort of start to spread your reach and in spreading your reach, you'll find the right people. Um, but you do have to sort of activate your network. You have to activate the connections that you have by just telling them that you have a show. Um, so, you know, when when your show launched, you put together the street team and you activated your network that way because you had an existing audience. But a lot mm -hmm. of times when we're launching a show for a client, they don't have much of an audience yet, but they have a network. So we asked them to put together a list of, you know, 50 people who would be thrilled to get an email from them saying, hey, I've got a podcast. Can you share it with your friends? Um, and we have them do something that simple. Um, and I think a lot of times in online marketing, we forget about those very personal, uh, hands-on kind of tactics. We want to do the sexy Facebook ad stuff, social media stuff. And there's a place, there's a place for that. But especially with podcasting, I think it starts at the grassroots. Um, the next thing of course is social media. Um, you want to get yourself established on, uh, any of the platforms that you love, that you frequent, that you're present on and tell people about the show there. Uh, make connections with people there. Build your network there. Another thing that works really well with podcasting is episode swaps. Um, so that's where you can um, find shows that are complementary to, to yours and swap episodes with them. Maybe you do an interview, they interview you, you interview them and you do it that way. Um, or maybe they just want to tell the, your, their audience about your show because it's, the, it's a benefit to their audience and they want credit for that referral. Um, and so uh, you can actually have, you can ask people about putting episodes from your show in their feed um, and having them uh, send people your way. Um, I was just talking with a, a friend of mine about that with with our shows. I just uh, we had a conversation about mastermind groups on what works this week. Um, and so Sarah Peck, the the person uh, who was on the show, uh, is also a podcaster, and she's going to take that episode and rework it for her podcast, and we'll be able to share audience that way. Um, so that's another really good one. Um, and then the so, other so far, you've covered three main ones, right? We've got yeah. grassroots, and we've got establishing ourselves on at least like one social media platform yep. and like really building our audience there. Um, and then the third one is essentially collaborations, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. And then the last one I'll just put a plug in for is complementary media. So blog posts, email newsletters, mm. um, YouTube videos, 
anything that you can do that complements the podcast is going to help you get the word out about it. Because like I said earlier, podcasts really aren't at the top of the funnel, they're further down. And so an article that you've written um, is going to be something that's a little lower stakes. It doesn't require so much time or energy from someone, but it establishes Mm -hmm. that relationship with them. And then you can say, oh, and by the way, I've got a podcast episode about this as well. And you can check that out here. And they're way more likely to listen to that podcast episode because you've established credibility with the article first. Mm -hmm. And really one of the biggest hindrances that a podcast can have with getting listeners is simply the fact that people don't know it exists, right? And so just by putting out like all of those strategies, we're really focused on improving that aspect of things. So by, um, by going grassroots and by telling people, real people, that your podcast exists, you are, you know, you're changing that. People now know it exists. By going on social media and building your audience there, people will find out your podcast exists. Because most people, most people is the wrong term here, but there are lots of people out there who want to listen to your show, but they don't know it exists. So they aren't listening to it. And they would listen if they simply knew it existed. Yeah. And just one more quick thing. You also have to explain podcasting to people. (laughs) And this is something you and I have talked about, too, is that for as ubiquitous as it seems like podcasting is to podcast fans like you and I, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people still don't have podcasts in their routine yet. They don't know uh, how to listen. They don't know that it's free. They don't know how to subscribe. They don't know where to find your show. And so there's a certain amount of podcast education, just general, like this is what a podcast is yes, it's free. Here's a great app that I recommend that you need to be able to do in order to get the most people listening to your show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone who's listening right now uh, might have trouble understanding this because clearly you all are podcast listeners. And this is a great time to mention, by the way, if you're listening on the website, you should download a podcasting app and you should find Work Less, Earn More on your podcasting app and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Um, But for the most part, everyone who's listening right now, you know, is a podcast listener. But in launching this podcast, I really had it driven home to me how many people are not podcast listeners because of all of my friends and family, I pretty much identified that there was one person who listened to one podcast and she did it so on someone's website. Um, And then there was my dad who listens to a few podcasts, but he also would go on to the websites for those specific podcasts. So I I wasn't able to identify anyone who I knew who actually had a podcasting app on their phone that they used. Oh my word. (laughs) Which just shows the huge untapped potential and how if you simply tell people what podcasts are, that you can get a big market share just by doing that. So if you are working on building your podcast, then that really can be just one of your first steps. Like go really basic with that. And anyone who you think might be interested in your podcast, whether you're talking to them in real life or on social media, start by telling them, hey, podcasts are a thing. Here's what podcasts are. They're free. You can listen to them. Here's why you might want to listen to them. By the way, I have a podcast about XYZ. Exactly. Grab their phone, download an app, just do it right on the spot. (laughs) Strangers, you know, just like uh, as you're walking down the street, grab their phone, download an app. (laughs) Look, this is a podcast. It's really cool. (laughs) 
Okay, maybe not that one. Okay, so let's wrap this up because this is getting a little bit long and I try to keep these not too long so that they are easy to digest. (laughs) But thank you so much, Tara, for everything that you have shared with us today. I'm sure we could go so much deeper into this, but I do also think that you covered the biggest, most important thing, um, which is figuring out that premise for your podcast. For me, I, I know you know that I spent months trying to figure that out because I saw how important it was. But once I figured that out, it really made so many other aspects of creating the show and marketing this show so much more obvious. Um, It made picking those episodes obvious. It made it obvious how I would be promoting my programs in the show. Everything really just fell into place. And so to everyone who's listening right now and maybe thinking about starting a podcast or they're still working on developing their podcast because maybe they're in the early stages of growing their podcast, um, really just focus in there. Tara gave us some awesome advice. So thank you so much, Tara. Thank you. Before we wrap this up, can you just tell the listeners how they could find out more about you and specifically about what works? Sure. So you can find out everything about what works at explorewhatworks.com. Um, and you can, you know, download a podcast player if you don't already have one and find what works <laughs> on that podcast player as well. Um, and then for Yellow House Media, it's yellowhouse.media on the web. And if you go into our blog, you can find an article about actually creating your podcast premise. And there's a free uh, Google Drive document in there that'll walk you through that process. You don't need to give me your email address or anything. It's just right there. Download it, use it, enjoy it. And let me know how it turns out. Yeah, you sent me that article when I was trying to figure out the premise for this show, and it did really help me. So we'll be sure to link that below. And I'll say I'll link it below, but I really mean you will link it below. I really mean Sean will link it below. Yeah. (laughs) Someone, someone will link it below. There will be a link, not really below in the show notes. There will be a link. You'll be able to find that. And if you are working on developing your podcast premise right now, I would recommend you check out that article because it was really helpful. Anyway, thank you again, Tara. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Okay, that was so good. And now I'm going to do exactly what Tara suggested in this episode. And I'm going to tie this episode into why you might want to consider joining Startup Society. Tara is going to be our guest expert inside Startup Society this coming month. And she is going to guide us through an action plan to work on developing a premise for our podcast and making a strategic launch plan. So if you're interested in working directly with Tara, learning from her, and getting her guidance to create your own highly successful and highly impactful podcast, then you will definitely want to check that out. You can find out more about Startup Society and how you can sign up for membership by checking out the show notes of this episode or by heading to gillianperkins.com slash startup society. Again, that's gillianperkins.com slash startup society. Startup Society membership is only $49 per month, and as a member, you'll get access to this brand new action plan with Tara, as well as be able to connect with Tara and ask her your questions live this month as she's joining us in the group. You'll also get access to our entire library of past action plans, which are each designed to help you create specific, tangible, measurable results in different aspects of building your business. So again, if you're interested in learning more about how to become a member, just head to gillianperkins.com slash startup society. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do that, make sure to tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so that I can see that you're listening. 
Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so that they can learn how to work less, earn more, and take back their lives. And when you share, I want to add it to my stories so that you can get some exposure that way as well. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave it a review to give the show a boost. Every single week, I feature a review on the podcast, and I would love to give you and your business a shout out. So if you leave a review, it will help the show, but it can also help your business as well. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Ghislaine Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.